Good morning. Welcome to the Rural Futures Institute at the University of Nebraska. I'm Chuck Schroeder. I'm executive director of the Rural Futures Institute. And this is our final episode of this weekly gathering with interesting people we've called Catch Up with Chuck. Well, listen, um, this has been a lot of fun. And my guests today are the two people who actually came up with this big idea to have this weekly get together. And I am delighted to have Caitlin Ideas, our Director of Communications and PR at RFI, and our star intern, Katie Bagnuski, who is our communications intern who has been very much a part of this right from the start. So, ladies, welcome to the other side of the lens. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. We're a little nervous <laughs> to be on this side. Yeah. I am so pleased. I am so pleased. They're going to understand, you know, the trauma that I've gone through. No, it's been great fun. Well, listen, I've been around a little bit. Uh, since 1973, I was counting up on my fingers yesterday. I've hired or been associated with seven different communications directors, uh, dozens of communications professionals and interns over the course of my career, and I've had some really good ones. But I can say honestly that the two of you are certainly in the very top tier of those that I've had a chance to work with and addressing audiences locally, nationally, and even globally uh, since 1973. So. I think that it's fair to say our audiences, our audience would very much like to know both of you better and know what makes you tick. So, sure. Caitlin, uh, I'm going to start with you. You had a very interesting upbringing and life that brought you to the University of Nebraska and now into a couple of, of really significant roles within the university. Tell us a little bit about uh, well, sure. you. Perfect. Thanks, Chuck. And thank you for that compliment. I agree totally on Katie. So, I mean, it's great. Um, no, I am, well, I was not raised in a rural community, so a lot of people think that's, you know, surprising since I'm the director of communications for RFI, but kind of, you know, medium-sized cities, moved around a little bit, ended up, uh, family ended up in Omaha, Nebraska, and then came to the university. I am a very proud University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Journalism graduate two times over for my bachelor's and master's master's degrees um, and then my career I started out as a you know in communications at an inner city downtown uh, pediatric hospital in st. Louis um, and then when we moved back to Nebraska um, started at the university in online education and then here at RFI for for a couple years um, I have to bring up my husband in this because he right. is why now I am so passionate inspired by rural places right I live in the country now he does farm part-time with his dad um, and then he's a uh, physical medicine specialist in practice here in Lincoln, and then he teaches internationally as well. So, but he really showed me how awesome it can be to live in the country, so. Yeah, your tires roll on rural roads every day. Every so, day, yeah, that's right, yeah. that's and, right. Uh, we, you know, and we, we talk about that some around here. Essentially, everyone that's involved with our team now mm -hmm. has uh, either deep rural roots or live in rural communities today, and so it's, uh, it's not an academic exercise when we think about what helps to make great rural communities and how we might contribute. You know, it's funny because I bring up like, we can't get broadband at our house. You know, it's hot spots for us. So I did want to give a quick shout out to Adams and Firth, Nebraska. Yeah, so yeah. yay for those, <laughs> yay for those two sure. small towns. So. Well, Katie, you have a fascinating story yourself that has rural roots and has, uh, you've, you've done a lot of things uh, in and around this world. So. Tell us what brought you to this track uh, at the University of Nebraska. 
Yeah, so I'm the youngest of three daughters. Uh, both of my parents came from rural backgrounds in Wyoming and Wisconsin. Yeah. And then they chose to raise us in a little rural pocket, what I call it. Um, it's a small rural township outside of Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and we hobby farmed and my dad owned a few rural small businesses that really acted as community hubs for the people. Sure. Um, in our community and then my mom worked for first the male clinic so she has a chemistry background but then decided that she wanted to teach and they're both huge role models for me in every sense of the word and um, Rochester Minnesota is a pretty urbanized place and I went to school in the city but then live in the rural community outside of the city and I was actually one of the FFA members who signed the charter for our chapter wow. and I was really involved in 4-H and I had a strong ag background and that's really what led me to the university. Um, I was showing sheep at Exarbon in Omaha. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the first time yeah, that's happened. Yeah. We're live. <laughs> but, um, and we decided to come to our Lincoln and I fell in love with it. Um, I'm an agricultural and environmental sciences communication major, yeah. and um, I really care about rural too because of that. <laughs> um, but I also think that rural roots aren't needed in order to care about rural places because we talk Absolutely about true. you know rural and urban collaboration, but really that starts with the collaboration of thought um, between the two communities and the two different types of upbringings in order to push change in both places. Absolutely right. I wanted to, I absolutely had to get the show on sheep and absorbing uh, story in there though, because it's, it's a beautiful part of, of who you are. And I think it is the breadth of your experience is reflected in your work here. It, I think it comes, it comes up, shows itself in the various assignments that you've taken. Well, listen, uh, Caitlin, you and I started having conversations more than a year ago about developing a communications vehicle in and around the Rural Futures Institute that was more than a newsletter. Right. And um, I've written columns for house organ publications in virtually every organization that I've been in over the years and have always felt strongly about the need for the chief executive to not just talk about schedules of events, but really talk about the real people that you're engaging with and influencing. And so that that really uh, kicked off a number of ideas and you came up with Catch Up With Chuck. So I want you to talk a little bit about what you really hope to accomplish on behalf of RFI. I've just been having fun, but. <laughs> hey now, hey now. Yeah, you had a real job around this thing. <laughs> well, it's it's great. I mean, first and foremost, the real aha moment, Teresa Klein was huge in that aha moment. I mean, she and I really talked a lot about like, I mean, obviously Chuck, one of your biggest strengths is how, how dynamic you are as a speaker. And so we were like, we've got, I mean, we've got to get you beyond the page or the email, you know what I mean? That's that's where your strength lies and so um, you know that's what led us to okay how can we do video and then really for our small small team here at RFI it's how do you create a bigger impact and it, a huge way to do that is online and we knew that our at that time our strongest network was really our Facebook mm -hmm. network right um, and then we also knew that it really had to be frequent I mean that's and and that over week over week over week was really how you were going to build something and so all of that kind of came together into 
a Facebook live show and we, we chose the name Ketchup with Chuck, not Mustard with Chuck, right? So uh, we've gotten a lot of jokes about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get it. Um, but we also, I think a really big piece of it is we wanted it to be really accessible. You know, the, the real goal was to be able to pull together the RFI nexus. And you talked about this in your very first episode, that faculty and researcher, student, community leader in a way that's really comfortable and conversational. And what's so great about Facebook Live is it really allows you to do that. The phone can ring and you'll be fine. You know, it's, totally, right. it's much more casual and real and authentic and genuine. Um, and so that's kind of how it all came together. And I didn't really have like numeric objectives. I've, I've never done a 30 week Facebook live show right. before, but we have at, had almost 80,000 minutes of view time on the show. We've had 100,000 unique viewers over the course of 29 shows and those metrics were pulled last week. So maybe they're way higher now, but you know, I mean, I think I'm happy with that. I think we've, we've reached a scope that I'm happy with Katie. I mean, you guys talk about it too, so. Sure. Well, I just have to say, you know, for me, it was that discipline of every week, um, and you stress that from the start. Um, it's This thing is pretty easy to do for three weeks. Uh, it's a little tougher for 30. Right. Um, but to continually be thinking about what are we trying to accomplish here and uh, bringing in interesting people, a variety of people, uh, so it's uh, that that to me has just been great fun. So, yeah, absolutely. well, Katie, you've been credited appropriately with the production and promotion of this program week to week to week. I want you to talk a little bit about again. You're a you're a professional in your own right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want you to talk some about the strategy that you tried to employ with this different program every week, trying to reach those audiences. Talk a little bit about how you did that. Yeah, so I think one of the really cool things about this show is that we got to get guests from all kinds of backgrounds. And that gave us an opportunity to target specific people to push our content out to. Um, so we had people in the university pushing that to the university, people, entrepreneurs pushing that all around the country to other entrepreneurs. And that was really important to me when I was creating like the promotion kinds of tools for this and creating the clips and being strategic about what we included um, in all of that. But then also just recognizing that we're giving and people a platform to talk about their passions and about the opportunities, challenges, issues in rural and how they can connect to viewers and people who will want to engage back with us. So Sure. Well, you all need to know that Katie is an entrepreneur in her own right already. Uh, you're very early in your <laughs> career, but so talk a little bit about your career plans. Yeah, so I am very fluid. Um, I swear my career plans change every month, but um, I really want to be um, telling stories for the rest of my life. And I love video, um, but I also have found a love for just web content and social media um, content. Um, and so I enjoy helping people tell the stories about the causes that they're passionate about and then also telling the stories about the causes that I'm passionate about. Sure. And so whatever way I can do that, um, I really try to. So whether that's a freelance um, gig or finding a place in a nonprofit after graduation, um, much like I have here at RFI, then yeah. that's kind of what I'm interested in. Well, it's been our good fortune to have found you and have had your interest <laughs> in what we're doing. Well, listen, uh, Caitlin, you're clearly emerging in this world as a really sophisticated communications professional. 
And uh, you've talked a little bit about the measurements that you've applied to uh, catch up with Chuck. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what you've learned in the process of this last year with this little gig and lessons that might be valuable to other organizations that are thinking about this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've, I've prepared three. Uh, I think there are a million. I mean, don't you think? I mean, yeah. we've learned, we've just learned a lot of within the platforms themselves and all these little tips and tricks. But the three that I would focus on right now is, um, you know, the first one is just what's the point? Um, you know, I mean, we talk about this all the time is what's the point? I mean, who's your audience? What value are you looking to provide? And what call to action do you want them to take? And I think you you really do have to go into into any communications kind of tactic that you do with with those fundamentals in place. And mm -hmm. so um, we really we knew that, and we knew we knew how the point was really for us is to our message was really that collaboration, that bringing the people together around really complex topics. Um, the other one was just keeping it simple, right? I mean. You talked about it earlier, you know, I mean, we're doing this week over week over week. And so keep the simplicity for me came in organization. You know, we had just a, a Google sheet that housed all of our episodes. Oh. We had um, and allowed us to see that we were getting the mix of people that we that we right. were aspiring to. Our metrics were in there. Um, we came up with a really good flow of responsibilities and roles. I mean, Chuck, you owned the content of these. And that was huge because, I mean, just for everyone's capacity. <laughs> so thank you. I mean, and then. Um, you know, I was the one that was kind of behind the camera in Katie in production, so that was really, really important. The other thing I would say is, um, oh, in terms of equipment, we're literally doing this with a tripod and an iPad. You needed to say that. Like, For folks who think we're in a, in a fancy <laughs> studio and lights everywhere, it's pretty much the fluorescent lights that they put in uh, 40 years ago uh, and an iPad. Which was a key reason why I loved that Facebook Live, because I felt like we could get away with this. Sure. Um, so that brings me to the last one is just like, just start. Just try it. Just do it. I mean, we. I honestly didn't think we'd make it to 30 episodes. Like, that wasn't the... I don't know. I just I'm thrilled that we did, and you just have to start. So sure. that 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 is the great lesson I think um, in in so much of life. Just do it. Well, and, and I stole and, it from and, Tom you know, Field. He told me that last week. <laughs> so just so you know, I thought it sounded so familiar. Uh, well, listen, I I just have to say, folks, that I've I've so much enjoyed the journey. Uh, every week seems like, oh my gosh, the best one yet. So we've been having conversations about, you know, what were special episodes. I think back uh, the the early conversations that I had with uh, Tom Field, the director of the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program, uh, with uh, Lindsay Hastings, who outed herself as my daughter on this show, uh, who is the uh, director of the Nebraska Human Resources Institute. So many themes that they established. Mm -hmm. We have we've repeated yep. over and over with our guests from uh, such a broad array of backgrounds. Certainly, the interviews with students who demonstrated their passion for rural communities and some very sophisticated thinking about their potential roles in rural communities and kids here again who are already starting businesses that will go back to rural communities and are and are going to have an influence. I, I think they were just. Uh, great myth busters. And then people like uh, Bob Stoll, who's just been a transformational community leader in his own right in Ord for generations. Uh, Rochelle Ray with uh, the student engagement uh, program here at UNL. Phenomenal human being. Dr. Helen Fagan, who is now on our team in the serviceship realm. 
they just brought life perspectives that I thought were so valuable, and I want to go back and revisit those episodes time and again, but I'm interested uh, in hearing from the two of you about episodes that you especially enjoyed. Um, well, my all-time favorite episode was Gary Clark, just for the storytelling value yeah. and such an interesting, vulnerable, personal place that he came from um, while telling his story. And then also, I guess you can't forget about Shelley McKinley. That oh, was yes, incredible absolutely. to have yeah. on... From Microsoft. Um, yeah. yeah, from Microsoft to have on this little show so i know right <laughs> and she was kind of jacked up about it that yeah. i thought that was sort of interesting <laughs> i agree yeah well i'm going to totally cheat on this question because i think i'm like i mean yeah it's like every episode had it has a special place first and foremost i just want to thank our guests huge thank you oh i gosh, mean yeah. some of you traveled to be here right. we did most episodes here um, and I know Gladys from Lexington was one of, you know, one yeah. of one that really stands out to me. And she drove here to real, to be a part of that and, and really talk about the transformation her community has gone through and how passionate she is and the action that, uh, that she and others are taking there, which was really special. Um, and then, yeah, students, I mean, Matt, Joe, Shelby, Brooke, <laughs> uh, Emily, we just have had great students on here and they get the high, they get some of the highest views these oh, yeah, students yeah. do. So yay for you. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I mean, taking it from those and then also on the other side, we had, you know, Mike Bain, Vice Chancellor of the University of Nebraska Institute of Ag and Natural Resources sure. for a really great university perspective. Um, Dave Rippey for a statewide perspective of economic development um, and then Shelly McKinley and and Tim Griffin from Tufts so thank oh, gosh, you yeah, yeah. to everyone for yeah. for making this possible for us yeah. so and I and, and you in saying that you make me think of Tiffany Hang Moss uh, yep. uh, the interim dean at Kasner whose perspective on students and service learning I just thought was so powerful yep. um, so, so who, no, do, who we should just rattle them all <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, as we think about communications coming from the Rural Futures Institute, Caitlin, you are launching this week, you and Dr. Connie Grimers-Hild, our Associate Executive Director and Chief Futurist, mm -hmm. uh, are launching a new vehicle that's been a year, I think, at least in the making, and you've, you've done lots of work wrapping up. Talk about the broadcast. Yes, so we launched a podcast. It's called Doctor Art Rural Futures with Dr. Connie, and it's across a lot of platforms, but I would drive you to iTunes and Stitcher. Um, it's also on our website, and what we're really looking to do here is, I mean, we've talked about a lot of these topics, but there are some really polarizing national narratives right now that deal directly with the impact and the, our mission and purpose as an institute, right. right? I mean, it's the rural-urban divide, the technology uh, ethics and access, and this future of work. So these are the three kind of topical areas that Dr. Connie has just such a, I mean, just such a, a neat way uh, as a futurist of digging in and being a realist about where we are, but then also just a really strategic optimist about yeah. where we can go. And she really challenges everyone to think about, okay, you can think about the future you need, but how about we talk about the future you want? What future do we want and what future do we want together? And so she'll talk to futurists, entrepreneurs, business innovators, um, weekly, uh, we've got 10 episodes, I think, in season one that we're going to be pushing out over the next several weeks. So anything you want to add? Katie's a huge part yeah. of that one, too. So, um, Yeah, we have some very interesting guests, and it's been a whole new world podcast, a whole new world. So I'm really excited, and I'm really proud of what we've put together. 
in yeah. both shows. Yeah. So there's three episodes out right now. So go listen, sub subscribe. Sign up. Yeah. If you Absolutely. love it. If you really love it, five-star rating. <laughs> awesome. Sure. So. Well, I just think it is, it's a, it's a terrific forward evolution in really digging deeper into these really complex issues that right. face rural. And uh, Connie has uh, such a capacity for that. She's experienced. She's a great scholar in her own right. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to uh, see that roll out. And I've already listened to the first couple of them, and it's, good, good. it's the real thing. So I encourage you all to, uh, to sign up and uh, think about that. Well, where are we? Everything's going to pot here. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I, wanna, I just want to say thank you to Katie and to Caitlin for making this possible. It's been, uh, it's been really a delight to put these get-togethers together uh, every week with, uh, frankly, with people I like. Uh, I, I, I freely admit that I really didn't reach out very far to pick some knucklehead that I thought would be a bad interview or that I really disagreed with. These are people we liked and I, I thought that was my prerogative. Most importantly, I want to say thanks to all of you who have tuned in and heard and listened to our message over these 30 episodes now. I hope you found a few ideas that were intriguing. I hope you were occasionally inspired, uh, maybe even amused uh, once in a while with today. some of the folks yeah, that, we've, uh, that we've, we've had in the conversations, the experiences we've had right here live in front of you. Uh, but anyway, I'm uh, unsaddling this pony, throwing my gear in the back of my pickup and getting on down the road uh, here in just a couple of weeks. So I just want you to know it's been a fun ride. Uh, I've enjoyed it, and I encourage you once again to stay in touch with the Rural Futures Institute through our website, through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Stitch, whatever. I don't even LinkedIn, some of these things I, don't, I know nothing about. That's how I got this white hair. Thanks for watching.